Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Special shout out to all of our all of our uh, members here in the local body here in Frisco, uh, North Texas area, and a, and a shout out to all of our guests and 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 members and partners all over the world that comprise the life changing nation. So glad to have you with us tonight after such a beautiful worship and praise song, encouraging the Holy Spirit to fill us with Himself and and less of us and more of God. What a beautiful encouragement, opening the door to change that can only come from God. Tonight is gonna to be such a special night. We have with us again, uh, our Leadership Training Institute from our church to, to share with us in panel on, on, a, on a concept, on a topic that is incredibly relevant for today. I can't tell you how excited I am about getting into talking about living a life of faith over fear, faith over fear. Uh, just a quick introduction of our Leadership Training Institute uh, teachers and guides and leaders and folks who really look forward to teaching us how to, to live and lead like Christ does. In fact, their mission is equipping. Now, I want you to listen to this. And I know from, per from firsthand that this is not only their mission, but this is what they strive to do, invest themselves in doing, equipping and inspiring others to lead like Jesus in all facets of ministry and life. And then their vision, what they hope to see as a result of them being faithful to what God has put in them and giving out to others is they hope to see healthy servant leaders, healthy servant leaders that role model a culture of learning, a culture of growing, and the building up of others so that we might lead like Christ. How many know we need Christ-like leaders today in every facet of our, of our society and in our culture? Um, the members, the leaders of our Leadership Training Institute would be Dr. Arlene Green, just a little about her. And this does not in any way uh, summarize uh, the credentials that she has or, or the heart that she has for, for God and for the people. But Dr. Arlene Green is an organizational psychologist and the principal and founder of Enelra Talent Solutions. Dr. Green has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and she and her husband, Deacon Kelvin Green, uh, Taste of Frisco, Kelvin Green, you'll, you'll learn what that is when you come and visit with us, serve as small group leaders and live in the Frisco area with their lovely daughter, Lauren. I, I know her as baby Lauren, mm -hmm. but yep, she's growing up. That's what children do, don't they? Um, also, Ms. Karen Abram is a senior executive with 30 plus years of mortgage banking. She started when she was two and 20 plus years talent management experience. Uh, Karen is a graduate of the University of Southern California, where she earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in communication. 
and, and she and her husband uh, are the leaders of our Get Connected ministry, making sure that once you become a part of our local family, you don't stop there, but you get properly connected so you can live out God's call in your life, as well as being small group leaders uh, in, our, in our monthly Bible study. And finally, Elder Charles Brazil. Uh, Charles Brazil Jr. is a native of native Texan and a 12-year Frisco resident. He is currently a local real estate business owner, a monster in real estate, and a member of the Keller Williams Realty International Luxury Division. He now serves God's people as an elder in our church. So glad to have the Leadership Training Institute once again tonight. Just to, to tee up where we're headed tonight, before I turn it over to our moderator, Dr. Green, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna deal with two opposing forces tonight. Truth be told, two opposing spirits. Uh, the spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13, and the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy uh, 1.7. And literally, how to live a life of faith over fear. What a pertinent and relevant discussion tonight, not only just because we're dealing with a health pandemic as well as social unrest, but life in general, how to live a stable and consistent life of faith over fear. With that, I give you our moderator, Dr. Green. Thank you, Pastor, and hello, family. It's so good to be with you all again. And as Pastor said, we are super excited about this topic. Um, it's so relevant because there are so many things around us right now that could you know, that we could fear, right? Whether it's yes. the pandemic, injustice, um, caring for our children, the health of our children and loved ones. There are a lot of opportunities, spirits around um, that we could fear. And so we're excited about this topic. And we want to start by just asking, and we'll ask you to put in your comments and I'm gonna ask all of our panelists too, uh, where is an area where you feel like you're tested in terms of a, a more of a fear battle? Where's an area that you experience more battle? You have to battle with the, the spirit of fear. So I'll ask you all to put it in the comments and we'll read some off, but I'll ask our panelists too. Like where, where do you feel tested most? I'll open up with that, Dr. Green. Uh, Roosevelt, President Roosevelt said, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. I, I've, I've seen uh, myself and others in the grip of fear and I don't like it. So what I grapple with is to remember not to fear, not to let my natural knee-jerk emotions lead my thoughts, my, my behavior ultimately, to remember not to fear. And I want to be sure I remember not to fear because it's a lot, as you just said, that, that we know about that's fearable, may I use that word, uh, and then there's stuff that's involved in each of our private lives that, that may, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, I know we're going to talk about the practicality of being careful tonight, but if you're not careful, there's some, some private things, some stuff that's not on the news that may lull you into a position of fear. And, and my goal, my challenge, my struggle is to be sure I remember who I am and who God is enough to where I don't let what I see and sometimes even what I feel take me to a position of fear. Yeah. Okay. Karen or I'll go. Yeah. I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I think for me, my, my greatest fear battle is uh, serving as a leader in our church is saying something, saying the wrong thing that would cause someone to stumble. 
in their walk with God. And in a lot of situations that has caused me to, to not say anything, to um, when I know of someone that needs, a, needs prayer, that fear would come, you don't know the right thing to pray. You don't know the right words. So that of not saying the wrong thing that would cause someone to stumble in their walk with God has been my biggest fear battle. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. I, I think I took my fear battle to a more personal aspect in terms of um, looking at, believe it or not, um, traveling for business. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, as I was younger, you know, I traveled for business and I thought it was so exciting to do, you know, I got to visit other places and also see different things, eat out, not have to cook, mm -hmm. you know, but as, um, you know, I've gotten a little older and a little bit more mature, I've gotten established with the family and personal priorities have changed, you know, I've gotten definitely, you know, grown in my spiritual walk, but now every time I want to travel, I kind of get that fear a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. especially if I have to travel alone and I'm not with my family, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that, um, you know, you never know, you know, just pray and hope, you know, and, and put your trust in God mm -hmm. that he's going to give you traveling grace to mm -hmm. get you there and get you back home again. You know, I know it's hard to, you know, say that with, you know, 30 years experience in the business and traveling here and there. But every time I make that reservation, that fear gets in me right from that point to say, oh, I got to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking kind of the personal aspect too. And I think where I, I battle it the most is any kind of interactions with people I don't know as well. Um, I'm kind of a more of an introvert at heart, you know? And so if I have to interact, whether it's a meeting or presentation, whatever it might be, interacting with people I don't know as well, mm -hmm. if I let it, that fear can stop me from moving forward into it or, you know, taking that meeting or doing mm -hmm. that presentation, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we'll talk about later is just you have to acknowledge the fear yes. um, and then you can address it, but it's hard to address what you don't acknowledge. So that's why we're asking you all also to, to share with us what some of the fears are that you might have, um, because first thing we have to do is be able to acknowledge it. Yes, ma'am. And so I'll share some of that. I saw someone wrote that fear is, which I think, um, Charles, maybe you said not long ago, is false evidence appearing real. So mm -hmm. Latanya. Gamble said that, yeah. um, which yes. I think we all would agree with as well. False evidence appearing real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if, you know, if we're going to practice faith over fear, how would you describe fear? Like, how would you define it? What do you, what is fear? And I'll ask the panelists, um, our family to comment as well. And we'll read some of the comments, but um, Charles, what would you say? What is, what is fear? I think we start out just like uh, Tanya said, false evidence appearing real. And looking at fear is defined, you know, as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something or something, something or someone is dangerous, is going to cause pain or is a threat. And, and I would say, when we look at fear, do we recognize that fear can actually paralyze us? Mm, yes, you know, procrastination, is sometimes caused by fear, right? And, and I think fear is from Satan. You know, the new hip term is FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. And fear of missing out is Satan telling us that we are missing out on God. We're, we're missing out on 
happiness and, and having fun if we are aligning ourselves with God's word. Mm -hmm. So if we look at 2 Timothy uh, 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, of love, and discipline. So I would ask you, where does fear come from if God did not give it to us? Hmm. How, yeah, would you, how would you answer that? Or how would you all answer that? Where, where does fear come from if God didn't give it to us? Yeah, I was going to kind yes, of say the same thing in terms of following what Charles said. Um, with a little twist, I, I said fear is comfortable, a comfortable, uncomfortable feeling. And mm -hmm. I said it's a comfortable, mm -hmm. uncomfortable feeling because all of us have felt fear more than once yeah, at, at one time and even more than one time. And sometimes we get in that comfort zone of fear like Charles said, that paralyzes us. But to some of us, that feels comfortable. I don't, mm -hmm. don't want to move forward. I kind of mm -hmm. like where I'm sitting and feeling right now. But yes. it also, to me, gives you an unknown feeling because you don't know what that end result is going to be unless you move out of that paralyzed state. Mm -hmm. yeah. I found fear to be a false prophet. Mm -hmm. It typically deals with the future. In fact, I've never had any fear in the present and no fear of the past yeah. but my fears typically deal with the future and it's, and it's the enemy which is where the, the fear comes from mm -hmm. trying to prophesy and and, and get me to believe it mm -hmm. by telling me that this is coming on wednesday and, and today is monday this is coming on thir thursday and today is wednesday this is about to happen on friday and today is thursday just trying to prophesy the future such that I would believe it mm -hmm. and then adjust my actions and my thoughts to fulfill the prophecy. Uh, if I dealt, dealt with straight math and statistics, the percentage of prophecies of fear that actually came to pass so far in my life are slim to none. Uh, although they were loud in the moment, when the moment got there, God had a whole different plan. And I'm learning to hear it because I'm not going to pretend I don't hear it. i got to acknowledge it so I can conquer it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, I do hear that. But just if it was a stock based on how fear constantly loses value every time, I'm, I'm learning not to invest my mind and my actions and my emotions in a stock that's sure to tank by the time the day comes. That's good, Pastor. Um, and people have shared some things that maybe have been fear battles for them. Um, things like Ms. Sarah Adams said, health reports. Mm. Um, Deacon Staffney said, unknown territory. Um, Tanya mentioned how fear can consume you, you know, mm. kind of back to the paralyzing, it can consume you, which can also rob you of life. Mm -hmm. um, Diane mentioned flying, kind of what you were saying here about the traveling. Um, flying to sometimes you have to and there's no choice but that fear can grip you at that time um and nina said you know fear may be real but you don't have to operate in it Agreed. i think which is interesting we talk about faith over fear a bit of a you have a choice basically yes, you, there's fear but you have a choice on how you operate in it and i was i was thinking about fear is i wrote down it's just is believing what the enemy told you you know mm. it's what pastor was saying, it's a prophecy. It's saying what's coming. And I was thinking about the 12 spies that are mm -hmm. explorers that went and looked at the promised land mm -hmm. and 10 of them, 
you know, came back and reported a negative report, they believed what the enemy told them. They were yeah. afraid. They were gripped in fear. And um, you can attach yourself, like Tanya was saying, consume. If you allow yourself, you can attach yourself to that narrative and build it up really big in your mind so that it does paralyze or even consume you. Um, so if that's what mm -hmm. fear is, and we want to live a life of faith over fear, how would you define faith? What is faith? Well, um, I've got a couple of definitions um, from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. One says, of course, that it's an allegiance to duty uh, or a person. It's loyalty, basically. Mm -hmm. But then the other one says belief, trust in, and loyalty to God. Um, and when you take it to the biblical phrase and you look at the New Living Translation of Hebrews 11.1, 1, it defines faith as the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It Come gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And, you know, I was reading further around um, and looking at the most clear definition I read around that Billy Graham shared is that faith means believing in God and in <laughs> what Christ has done for us to make our salvation Ooh. possible and then committing ourselves to it. So it really has two parts to it. Belief mm -hmm. that God exists and that he loves us and he sent his son, as said in John three sixteen, into the world to save us. It's a belief that what the Bible says about him is true. And Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because yeah. anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And then the second part is that commitment, a decision to believe in our minds that Christ can save us, but to put our lives into his hands and trust him alone for our salvation. And true faith not only believes Christ can save us, but actually trust him to do it. As said in Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace you have been saved mm. through faith. And this is not from our, yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Yeah. I mean, so there are a lot of elements to that. And I think, you know, faith, in the choice part that you mentioned, there's a decision part of it. Part of it is believing God enough to do what he says today, even though you don't know what tomorrow, what the outcome is of that yes. tomorrow. Yes. You know, it's like you have to believe it for today. I think about Noah building the ark. He had to believe, have faith in God for today to do what he said, even though he had no idea necessarily what was coming tomorrow or Abraham or so many other examples that are in the Bible. It's, I like your point. It's both a belief and then it's also the choice or the decision to do what it is God has asked you to do or, or told you to do. Yeah. And I think That's it's good. also something that does not rest in the wisdom of men. First Corinthians two, five says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, which means it's going to surpass the wisdom of men. Sometimes the wisdom of men can be compelling, uh, compelling unto fear. Like some of the things we hear, you know, on the news nowadays and read, in the various periodicals these days, the wisdom of men almost beckoning, like, like sirens to the rocks, beckoning you to fear. But, but faith is bigger than that. It's, it's above that. It's, it's based on the wisdom of God, which does not require me to see it. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. One of the greatest deterrents to faith is, is sight. Uh, and we got to be willing to, to trust him, even though we can't see it. Uh, we are tactile creatures, uh, we humans, um, and we almost bow at the altar of our senses. Uh, but faith says there's something bigger, more certain, and more powerful than even our senses. 
and that is God. And, and to trust him even when we can't trust our sight, trust him even when we can't trust our ears, trust him even when we can't touch what we feel, trust him even though we get that email, just trust him above it all and realizing and remembering, well, that sounds crazy. Well, no, it sounds crazy based on the wisdom of man, but faith is not based on the wisdom of man, but the wisdom and the power of God. That's good, Pastor. Um, Latanya asked a question I'd ask you all as well, which is, do you think of fear, are fear and worry the same? So if we're going to live a life of faith over fear, um, do you think of fear and worry the same, or do you think of them as different? I, I think of fear and worry as different. Mm -hmm. Fear is is that unknown, and in my mind, that thing that, that paralyzes me. And what I've got to do is to recognize that there is fear. The worry aspect is something that I just carry around like a backpack with a bunch of rocks in it. I just never set it down, and I'm always worrying and always worrying. Whereas the way to overcome the fear and the worry is to whatever my situation is, I believe is to go find out what God's word says mm. about that. Um, when I thought about faith, I put that faith is a spiritual principle that changes things in the natural to align to God's word. So it is that, that hope of things not seen and that evidence that God gives me to help me change. So I see faith and, and work, excuse me, fear and worry as different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of it as like fear. You might have a fear in a moment, but if you carry that fear, kind of, kind of your point about the backpack, if you carry it with you over time, I think it can become a worry. It's like that weight, you know, that's, that's just always with you. So I think it, a worry might stem from a fear, a fear that mm. you have. And people mention fears around, you know, fears of their children, um, you know, just children, their children's safety and um, yeah, something happening to your children. Uh, Elder Span said, you know, the fear of fear mm. can be our greatest fear, mm. not the fear of the adversity, but the fear of how we would deal mm. with the adversity. Mm. And that's that what can happen in worry when you think something could happen, you can play it over Come in on. your mind so often that you already have, at least I know I've done this, I already have kind of plan A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've worried on it so mm -hmm. much that I mm -hmm. put more time planning for what's going to happen, <laughs> what I do if that happens, right. than I actually spend in faith, to your point, mm -hmm. looking up the word of God, spending time with God, help letting him encourage me in it. So I feel like you might have a fear, but if you carry that fear, you know, mm -hmm. long over time, like your backpack, it does become this kind of worry and this heavy weight that can sit on you. Yeah. Oh, Aaron said, that's good. Fear is the thing. Worry is the byproduct of fear. Yeah. That's kind of, I see. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. If fear was a tree, worry would be the sapling. Mm -hmm. You hang out with that thing long enough, it will grow up in your head and in your heart uh -huh. and become an oak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's good. And, and see that, that worry thing can be around everything we can always have something in our life mm. to worry about you know fear is more of that that big thing but we can just worry ourselves constantly about everything about everything mm -hmm. yeah 
this said, um, Edward, but Edward said, fear is more intense. Like you're saying, it can stop your action. Worry is a concern along the way of an action. It's kind of that, to you all's point, it's something you're carrying along with you. Um, mm. You're holding on to it. Um, that's good. Yeah, and they say, people say it's hard to not to worry about your kids. I think that's true about your kids, your health. I mean, you have to be almost aggressive against the worry. Yes. And I feel like especially yes. in today's society, it's almost mm -hmm. like worry's the norm. You know, stress oh. is the norm. Um, and so you have to be really aggressive in battling it so that you don't live a life of worry, of stress. You know, they say like, what, 80% of our health conditions, a lot of them are based yes. in the seed of stress and worry and fear. So, and I've noticed for me, it gets out of balance if I don't spend enough time with God, um, dedicated time. Like I feel like I speak to him all day, but a mm -hmm. lot of times I would go on walks in the morning, you mm -hmm. know, for, for a while. And I found myself getting away from him. And it's like, the more I got away from those walks, the more like I'm working in my own strength, my worries mm -hmm. come up, the fears come up. So you have to be, it's almost like we're in a battle with worry and fear. We have to go after it. Yeah. Ah, that's good have to go after you know speaking of speaking of children mm. uh, when we had children i realized what my grandmother used to what she meant when she would say you know y'all just keep me on my knees when i was growing up i didn't understand no oh, i'm sorry but, but when i had children I, I understood that and what one day i had to come to terms with god loves my children more than i ever mm. could mm -hmm. and he wants his best for my mm. kids so I have to turn them over to him and pray for them as they leave. And that was the hardest thing when my oldest daughter drove to Oklahoma for the first time by herself. That was a fear battle right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like you're dealing with it a little bit, Elder. <laughs> <laughs> I know your babies. It's hard. That's, that's uh, several people mentioned that too, that your children, that's, uh, that's right. probably one of the biggest areas of challenge that we can have. Um, so we know that God told us, do not fear. Mm. Like a mm -hmm. lot, hundreds of times in the Bible. I've, I've seen a couple Google stats on this, but I haven't actually done the math. So I don't know if this is true, but there's some Google stats out there that say that God says, do not fear 365 times in the Bible. Wow. Wow. Kind of like it could be that or more, but you know, one for every day. He tells mm. us, do not fear. Do not let your heart be troubled. Um, do not worry. Uh, it's a, almost a command. He's telling us not to fear. So then mm -hmm. how do we live a life? We know that it's all around us. We have to, um, as Minister Jerry said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ and mm. you can overcome fear because he has not given us fear. It's not one of the gifts from him. So we mm. don't have to take it. Amen. Um, so how can you live a life of faith over fear? What does that really mean to you to live a life of faith over fear? I think starting with 1 John 4 and 18, recognizing it says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. Mm -hmm. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. So Jesus is love. And if we are living in Jesus, we are acknowledging his being and recognizing that there is no punishment in him, then the fear, mm. if we recognize that it's being thrown on us by Satan. Mm. So we recognize what it is, we throw it back to Satan, 
and we look to Jesus in trust of what his word says about my circumstance and my situation, because I'm fearful about the unknown. Is yeah. something going to hurt me, going to hurt my family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Similarly, I, I agree with you, um, Elder. Living by faith means believing that God, who loves us and knows all things, um, has placed us in this world at this time and in certain circumstances for a reason. And that we need to recognize that we are being educated by him every day and tested every day in every way. Um, but we have to remember that everything happens for a reason. And everything that we witness happens for a reason. And I was listening to a song this morning by uh, Derek McRae, Everything Works Together. I don't know if you all heard that or not, but you know, part of his words say, but everything works together for those who love the Lord. Everything has a mission to work for good. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to work it out and turn it around for your good. It has a purpose behind it. And I just pulled out a few of the lines as I was sitting here this morning. I was like, that, that really is relevant to what we're talking about tonight. Is That's by living by faith, is knowing that God is there always and that he has a reason and a purpose behind everything that happens in our lives. Yeah. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, so practical for me. It says, when I am afraid. And, and first of all, I like the fact that the, this Bible verse opens. It says, when I am afraid. That, that is an outright acknowledgement. Not that I'm going to stay there, but that there's more to it. It says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? When I'm afraid, I don't pretend I'm not. Pretending cloaks it and gives the devil torment opportunity. Bring that thing to the light of God. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And how do we live it? And I know that's so much more in terms of the mechanics. But perhaps that's the ultimate. Number one, acknowledge it. Like Dr. Green said earlier, it's not that God doesn't already know you're afraid. He wants you to acknowledge it so he can take you from that place of fear to faith. And then you have this huge testimony about how good God is. And the psalmist says, when I'm afraid, here is what I do. I put my trust in God. And we do that by immersing ourselves in his word and then having the bold audacity to do what he said, holding him accountable to doing what then he said. If we do it, he's got to meet it because not one jot or tittle of his word, not a comma or, or a period, will fall short. It will always deliver what he sent it to do. That's just the word of God. Yeah, and um, I noticed Wendy Hunter, Wendy put on here, Wendy Crane Hunter put on here, fear, fear and faith can't live together. Mm, good. And I think that's, you know, relates to what you were talking about, Pastor. You name it and then you give it to God and let him yeah. exchange that fear for the faith, right? Because the Bible says that Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. Yeah, so yeah. he's the one that drew us to him in the beginning. He's the one that'll perfect it for us. There's no faith outside of him anyway. So we Amen. can exchange the fear that we have. I'm afraid, acknowledge it, give it to him and receive the faith, you know, yeah. in return. Uh, because I like what she said, fear and faith can't live together. That's um, beautiful. Because I was thinking about the, you know, when the, the, 
in the Bible, when it was a storm that happened, um, all the, they were going across the <laughs> sea. They said, let's go to the other side. Yeah. And a storm came up and, um, you know, Jesus was asleep at one end of the boat. With a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a pillow on a come pillow. On. Come the winds on. come up and the winds are, you know, putting the waves and the water into the boat. And um, you all know the story. And then uh, they wake Jesus up and say, well, you know, why's that going on? Why can't you save us? You know, here's what's going on. Mm. And Jesus rebukes the wind and calms mm. the sea. And then I thought it was interesting what he said to them. He said, why are you afraid? Mm. Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little bit about what you were saying, Pastor, and also Wendy, that they can't, they don't reside together. Fear yeah. and faith don't reside together. Yes. So if I'm in fear, that's a sign to me that I'm not operating in faith. So how can I give this fear away? Because God didn't give it to me in the first place yeah. and receive, you know, the faith of God, that confidence, that assurance in God. Well, you know, Doctor, our culture, especially for men and perhaps not especially for men, but certainly for men, our culture almost demands that I pretend that I'm not afraid mm-hmm. um, so that I can, you know, portray a strong man, mm-hmm. especially a pastor. If, if I act like I'm afraid, oh, you don't backslid. Uh, um, you, you can't, it's almost like we have, we have, we have taken theology to a point where we can't be humans anymore when in fact theology was written the entire bible was written for humans and 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 we have to accept the fact that while fear is operating in the earth realm the spirit of fear is in the earth realm the spirit of faith is in the earth realm simultaneously to pretend that that the spirit of fear is not there actually empowers the spirit of fear in our lives And we would just take time and get out of culture for a minute, just get out of culture for a minute and say, you know what? Like where I'm from, we didn't say I'm afraid. We said I'm scared. I know there's no such word as that. I'm older now. I understand. But but I get it. And 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 if I ever said that and you're going to move on, um, especially when a little boy named little George was nearby and I would I would say I'm scared. My huge brother, who was nine foot eight. Um, about 380 pounds. No, not really, but he would come out of nowhere because I was screaming, I'm scared. And here come Big Red. Now imagine if I had been, you know, immersed in culture to where I feel like I can't say I'm afraid. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Little George would have beat me down. I think we got little George is beating us down today. Mm-hmm. And, and our big brother Jesus is waiting on us to acknowledge, hey, I'm afraid. Come rescue me, help me. Be for me against this thing and God will just come in every time and show you his power because truly in our weakness he's actually made strong. I agree and pastor if we look at Genesis 15:1, where the Lord came upon Abram in a vision saying do not fear Abram. Mm. So that tells us that God oh, understands come on. that that spirit of fear either falls upon us, come swells on. up inside of us and he is telling us, do not fear. Yes. Take that, cast it away. Do not fear. And if we recognize that God doesn't want us to fear, then, Dr. Green, we can get back into that place of faith and stay there, where I acknowledge, hey, this situation either is paralyzing me, it's, it's worry, it's fear, it's something, 
What is that? How do I need to handle that? Do I need to reach out to friends, other brothers to, to encourage me? Do I need to just go to God's word and find what his word says about this situation that I'm fearful of? That's good. I mean, and I, I could see how fear grows in the dark. Like just you saying that, like I, we were all doing this, um, we were prepping for this and I mentioned a fear I'd been dealing with. And just by saying it, it gave it less power. Come on. You know, just by saying it, because then I said it and then Karen and Charles were like, really? Like, that's what you're scared of? And in that interaction, like I went and made a different decision, you know, mm. about some, an opportunity I had that I really mm. was going to say no to. And I was like, mm. no, I'm going to say yes to that. So mm. you're right. It kind of grows in the dark. Um, and so right. I think you're right. Giving dark. it light to, to God and to others can really help in um, seeing it for what it is and casting mm. it out and, and living in faith. Um, so what do you all think then, and I've, I'll ask our family too on here and I'll read some of the answers, but, um, how can we increase our faith so that either we don't experience fear as often, or when it comes, we can kind of quickly exchange it and live a life of faith and not a life of fear. Like, so what, how do you increase your faith if you're going to have faith over fear? What are some things you can do? Well, if I think about just my own personal relationship with my husband, you know, I met him, got to know him, got to know him as the type of person that he is, and I begin to put my trust in him. I think the same holds true of God. We've got to build a relationship with him the same way. You know, how can I trust in him if I don't even know who he is? Mm. Wow, that's good. So, and, and even if I already know him, you know, we have to work on that relationship daily. You know, just as we work on our personal relationships with friends and loved ones and spouses. Mm. What, through our communications, through the actions that we do, through our thoughts, you know, all those things we work on personally. So we've got to do the same thing with God. I think that's the first step is building that relationship with him. Love that. And, and maintaining it on a regular daily, like you said earlier, you talking to him all day long, <laughs> an all day long basis. I think for me, it, it's acknowledge, recognize, and respond and it's it's acknowledging that I am in a place of fear right now and then it's recognizing the source of that fear although it's a situation or circumstance the ultimate source of that fear is Satan. and then I have to respond I have to go to God's Word and understand what that is so I have this little book God's wisdom for your every need and it's a bunch of scripture based on a need, an issue, a question mm -hmm. that you have. And that's my first place to go uh, when I'm fearful of something. And then that pushes me to the Bible for the entire chapter, the context of how to overcome that. But I believe to increase our faith is to acknowledge it, is to recognize it, and to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I see... Um... Roddy Rod put on here, be like Nike. I'm guessing that means just do it. So part of that, you know, in the, to your point, the responding, it's you're going to respond out of faith. You know, yes. I'm going to choose right. to respond out of faith in that moment um, and not out of the fear that, you know, maybe trying to grab me. Yeah. You know, the, the good news, part of the good news is that faith actually comes. Uh, faith actually comes by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. So faith can come. And so we talk about how to increase our faith and we say, okay, spend more time in the word. Yes. I've got 
15 Bibles um, in multiple languages and software with 80 more Bibles. So is that all there is to it? Oh, no. Faith without works, actually. Um, so what we have to do is spend time not only certainly reading, because faith comes by hearing, but then we got to actually, you know, we got to try God. He invites us yeah. to try him. We, we've got to make sure that we give him a chance to be God. And so here is his word, says ABC, and I just keep reading ABC for 30 straight years, and never put myself in a position to need or receive or rely on or try ABC. What I, all I have is the knowledge of, I have, I've memorized that scripture and, and I know it, you know, but, but it's not a part of me yet. So I've got to actually deliberately, and this, this is uh, when you don't lean to your own understanding for sure, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and let him do the directing. You have to literally put yourself in a position where if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. Deliberately put yourself in a position to see his word happen. Because once you get a taste of his faithfulness, just a taste of it, 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 it you, you like, look, okay, so where is the Empire State Building? I think I will jump it this afternoon in a single bound. You, you, it, it builds on itself. It's, 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 it's self-constructing, but it takes faith bricks to build, build a, faith, a faith house. And we got to deliberately, deliberately. And this is where we have to sometimes battle our own intellect and our own willingness to look like we have failed. And I know we hate that feeling and looking like we've failed, but if I know God is for me, and so who can be against me, I'm gonna deliberately put myself in a position to where God has to do, not something crazy now, I ain't talking about cultic foolishness, I'm talking about what's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And put myself in a position for God to do what he said he was gonna do, and when he does it, find the highest mountain and scream about his faithfulness. How do we build our faith? By putting ourselves in a position to where I can't do it, but God said he would. Now watch him do it through me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I think one of the ways, Pastor, I've done that in terms of, you know, believing God for things and things only he can do is, yeah. um, you know, the Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped for. And so we have to live in hope. And I feel like sometimes maybe we stop hoping for things because we don't want to be disappointed. You know, so we just kind of let go of things. We're not, we're not looking for big mm -hmm. things anymore, things that only mm -hmm. God can do because we just don't want to be disappointed anymore. And so, but your faith has to be, a, you know, it's attached to something. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yes. And so I think one thing we have to do is live in hope, you know, live in live in faith, live in hope, keep yeah. your hopes before God, keep your hopes alive that he's given you. I mean, we're hoping it because he's already put it in us. There's yes. a reason we're hoping for yes. it. Um, you know, and the Bible says that Sarah received the baby because, Come on now. you know, she believed yes. because she believed that, that he would do it. So I think we also, we can't stop hoping for things that maybe yes, seem impossible to us, hoping for our children, hoping yes. for our family, hoping for, you know, just things in our lives that God's called us to, um, to receive. So I think Doctor, we when do we stop hoping? Yeah. When do we stop hoping? I think it's when it's manifested because I don't have to hope for this pen. Here it is right here. But, in, <laughs> but if I don't have it, 
I can hope for, you start hoping to, when you get it mm-hmm. yeah. and not a day before. Yeah. I believe Sarah and Abraham been practicing for years, but then somebody started to hoping, come on somebody, why we can't go in there? Yeah. And somebody mm-hmm. started to hoping and next thing you know, you know, that little boy came along. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's, it's a faith to hope and a faith to endure. Yes. You know, it talks on. about, Bible talks about faith to receive, you know, to, to hope and receive things. But there's also, God also gives us a faith to endure things. Like yeah, wow. in Hebrews 11, it talks a lot about certainly faith to receive things like Samson and, you know, mm. people who just conquered nations and, mm. and received mm. a lot of great blessings from God. But it also talks about there's faith in people who were martyred mm. and people mm-hmm. who were scorned on this earth. I mean, there's mm-hmm. also this faith to endure I know you talked last week, Pastor, even about pain and the, you know, the purpose of pain and um, there's a faith to endure as well. Yeah, and so we is. can, we have faith for both. God has given us the faith for both faith to receive and faith to endure wow, whatever he good. puts in front of us. Mm-hmm. So I'll let me read, see if there's anything from our checks. I know we're running out of time. Um, but Ed mentioned that, you know, one way to increase your faith, surround yourself with Christ-like people Spend time in the word because iron sharpens iron. Um, just of his taste. Yes. Um, Mr. Edna said, just a taste of his faithfulness ignites us oh, for real. That's back yes, like to your, I think your point about building a house of faith. Just a yeah. taste ignites us for real. Mm, how sweet um, it is. Yeah. The closer one is to God, the more your faith will grow from Sister Elaine. Mm. Um, Brother Aaron had a question, which we might be able to get to. And Elder Span said he's trying to get to the point in his life where faith is not a concept I visit, but a lifestyle oh, I possess. Come on, boy. Righteous shall live by faith, Hebrews 10, 38. I can't do this under my own power, but mm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what a life of faith over fear is, is like living in yeah, faith. Yeah. How do we stay so close to God, you know, so wrapped up in him that yeah. we can live a life of faith and yeah not take on all this fear that the enemy in the world is trying to give mm. us. You know, that's doctor, that, that, that statement, that eldest band, yeah. you know, your, your, your type of uh, intellectual discipline. My wife is a part of that HR and so forth. And she's taught me this thing called unconscious competence. Mm-hmm. And, and eldest band said he wants faith to be not someplace he visits, but someplace he lives. Mm-hmm. He, he wants it to be, the way you don't have to think about it and he's good at it. Yeah. It's just his knee jerk, his reaction mm-hmm. before he even begins to think his reaction is a reaction of faith. My God. Yes. That's powerful boy. That's uh, yes. that's living faith over fear right there. Isn't it? Yeah. That's an abundant life. Yeah. That, Ain't that good? Yeah. Glory to God. And we have a, that's um, that kind of faith. what'd you mm, say Charles, yeah. Elder Charles? saying that's that Abraham kind of faith, yeah, that obedient God. faith. Yeah, when God. you hear the voice of God telling you mm-hmm. to go and sacrifice your uniquely born what? son. Come on now. Just get up. Better come on. Go do what the word says. You don't question it. And then the son to have that, that faith of as he is being bound and he sees his daddy drawing his sword, he didn't say, okay, daddy, stop. You know, why are you doing this? He's like, all right, daddy, where's the offering? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's got to be here. The Lord will provide. <laughs> the Lord will provide. That's, that's faith. Yeah. That's, that's faith. That's where we want to live. Because resurrection hadn't been thought of yet. 
And there were promises that God had told Abraham that would come through his son, Isaac. Amen. And so I know we have to wrap up. I'll just mention two things and then pastor, I'll turn it over to you. Mm. One is, um, Aaron, brother Aaron asked a question that maybe you can answer because it's really a lot in Proverbs as well. Maybe we can address it next week, which is, is there a healthy fear? Like he mentions fear of skydiving, mountain climbing, et cetera. Wisdom can be viewed as fear. And we really didn't get into the fear of the Lord, which is mm. a good thing. Um, Agreed. Agreed. It, it's what we should have. We should have a fear of the Lord. And Proverbs yes. talks a lot about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. So there is if it's fear, you know, of the Lord and what mm. God has told us to do, then that's a good thing. But mm. maybe we can talk about, you can talk about that next week, Pastor, when we're in Proverbs. Cause I know that's a lot in Proverbs, but that's a really good point he made. Um, you know, maybe we can get LTI back next week. What y'all say out there in the world? <laughs> we, we Come on, Life Changing Nation. On our, on our tips page too. Our oh yeah. Oh, thank oh, you oh. for mentioning See that. She, she has to bypass that. I love that, Karen. Thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> We're going to post in the on the comments. Um, we have a tips page that gives you kind of five ways you can increase your faith so that mm. we can, I think as Elder Span said, live a life of faith yeah. over fear, not just a moment, but a life of faith mm. over fear. So um, we'll post that in the, we'll post that on the comments. And with that, Pastor, I'll turn it over to you so you could... Um, Wow. Wow. It's 756. Um, That's amazing. I'll show this while you're just doing the last part of it. Okay. Wonderful. Oh, that's so beautiful. And doctor, is this available for the people? You said something about your tips page, right? Yeah. um, Our communications team, I think Deaconess Daphne is going to post it on Facebook. If not, we'll post it right after, but she's going to post it so that people can like save it in your phone or Save it on your computer and access it whenever you'd like to. You know, everybody, it's almost eight o'clock and we want to be respectful of your time. But I just want to thank God for our Leadership Training Institute at our church here in Life Changing Faith Christian Fellowship, located at the the heart of downtown Frisco, Texas. It's where our building is. But the church is what you see before you, people. And, And whether we meet in that building or not, we are still sharing the word of God and the love of God. I just thank God for Dr. Green and I thank God for... Karen Abram, I thank God for Elder Brazil, and all of the team that's behind the scenes that no one sees right now that's actually producing this thing, Deacon Lord and, and Darius Chaplin, just making this happen so we could have a, 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 smooth, a technologically smooth and safe place that we can come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and talk about something. Take the toolbox out of the devil's toolbox. Take fear out. Not remove it from the earth because the spirit of fear is yet on the earth. But if I know what it is, I can call it what it is. Then that means I can also defeat it with the spirit of faith. And I, we just speak faith over each one of you right now throughout the life changing nation. Faith over you. Tonight, I'm asking you to do something tonight as we close out at 758. In your prayer tonight, tell God what you're afraid of. Acknowledge it to God and say, now God, Because I'm telling you now, God already knows that you're afraid of it. Your life bespeaks your fear of it. And what you're praying for, your fear, is acting as a block between where you are and where you want to go. So take that thing to God and stop circling that fear mountain, as many of us have been for years and perhaps even decades. It's time now to overcome. It's time to overcome. I need you to say that to yourself. It's time to overcome. And take that to God. And say, God, I've been afraid of this thing for these number of weeks, months, years, perhaps even decades. I've been afraid. And I'm tired of being afraid. 
I've tried my own, my own way, my own will, my willpower and my skill power. And it continues to, to leave me in the lap of fear every time I'm ready for a change. Holy Spirit, won't you come into my life? Won't you ignite what I've already learned about your word? Help me to believe it. Help even my unbelief that I may come away believing and then receive your spirit of faith such that I get up tomorrow morning and do that thing I didn't think I could do. Get up tomorrow morning and do that thing that fear has been trying to keep me from doing for years. Get up tomorrow morning and make the call. Get up tomorrow morning and, and actually act like I believe you. And I, I tell you this, I promise you this. I promise you this all over the life-changing nation. If we would just act on the word, we don't have to bring power to the word or even empower the word. It's already complete with enough power such that we can live a life of faith over fear. But let's take it to God and say, God, I'm ready to live a life of faith over fear. And I'm ready to live it, number one, for your glory, God, and then for my benefit and to the benefit of those that I am around, that I lead. In fact, I want you to pray with me right, right now. We're going to take an extra minute and then we're, we're, we're going. God, I just thank you right now that living a life of faith over fear is doesn't have to be a fantasy it doesn't have to be something that's that we just talk about and don't live live out god we you, we've made a way that we can do that and that's through your son jesus now god help us to come away from this tonight and make it practical god let us spend time in your word and then not just reading it and being excited about it but then actually daring to try it, daring to live it, daring to do it, trusting and believing God that you're going to meet us in the do, meet us, meet us in the action and, and show us your action, God. Hallelujah. Show us how you enable us to live a life of faith over fear. And then God, when you get us over one fear, let us call that a lion. And when you get us over another fear, let us call that a bear. And then when that circumcised and Philistine stands before us at nine feet tall, let us remember the lion and the bear that you helped us overcome such that we go before that Philistine, take his head with his own sword, living a life of faith over fear. I speak faith over fear over every ear, every heart, every mind that's engaged both here live and through the recording in the days and weeks and perhaps months and years to come. I speak a life of faith over fear over you right now. And I want you to know that God is with you. And that since he's with you, no one, no thing can be successful against you. Live now in the name of Jesus, a life of faith over fear to his glory and to your benefit in Jesus name. Jesus Let name. everybody around the world shout, thank God. Thank God. And shout amen. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership. And we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory attracts others, and advances his kingdom. God bless you.